Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seggy Stations. Man, that's nickname was out to say with no shame. Tuesday, February 15, 2022. Hope all is well out there. Everybody, hope everyone's staying safe. Hope everyone enjoyed the Super Bowl. As we have now wrapped up the NFL season, LA Rams, Super Bowl champions. Shout out to their fan base and all the champions. Particularly OBJ, looking forward to getting a Super Bowl review in today. First time in here on the podcast since the Super Bowl, since the NBA trade deadline. Rich is stopping through, got plenty to touch on in the NBA. Looking forward to the second half of the NBA season, quote unquote, as my guy LeBron James would say. James Harden got traded, Russell Westbrook did not. A few other big moves at the trade deadline, definitely have to discuss today. Definitely a wild weekend in sports, obviously, jamming all that in with the Super Bowl. I guess the Olympics are going on. I've been seeing some of that. Golf's been pretty good. Plenty of other sports to keep up with, particularly college basketball. Offseason now of football, which I think it's 204 days until the NFL season opens again. Seems like a long wait, but you got the draft, free agency, all these offseason decisions for quarterbacks. Plenty to talk about across the NFL. And obviously a Super Bowl review. Been falling behind a little bit with the sports talk. Still got to review the NFL playoffs. And as I said, the NBA trade deadline and all these other things I'm trying to catch up on. Rich is coming through. Looking forward to catching up with Rich. Had Valentine's Day yesterday. Been busy at work and grinding. Trying to make as much money as I can. Working this winter. It's been cold as hell. We had some more snow after being about 60 degrees. So the weather absolutely sucks. Uh, But the sports have been fire. I'm looking forward to things to come, not only in the sports world, but going forward. For me, it's crazy how much has changed over the past six months or so. I'm really excited where I'm at. Happy to be here on the podcast today. Appreciate all of and support for it. As always, you can follow along on my Instagram or Twitter page at Seggy Station. Always got a live version of the podcast up on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. Still got the podcast out on Spotify, Podbean, a few other platforms. Hopefully you get your podcast there. But right now it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk microphone. It's always direct. Time to reflect. Rich should be here shortly. Tried to get in an emergency pod with how serious the NBA trade deadline went because that was almost necessary with how uh, things have been going here on the podcast. Uh, All the content, all the conversations, and how crazy not only the trade deadline went, things in the NBA, all across sports, and obviously the Super Bowl. It's a great time to be talking sports and looking forward to doing it today. My friend Rich, should be a good show. Enjoy it. Let me turn on on the recording. That's a great way to start, bro. Oh my God, love to see you. And Sorry to hear that. Um, I've been doing all right with the bets for sure. Uh, Pretty solid week for me in general. Um, But yeah, the... Just some of these topics, bro. I'm like, oh my god, dude. When I come back back into pod, like I don't even know where I'm gonna be able to start. Um, we're obviously gonna talk mad NBA, but I just need to start with this quick because I'm watching the Super Bowl the other night, dude. And yeah, it's cool to see the Rams win. Like I was talking about, I I wasn't really like, I wasn't really like hardcore either way. Like yeah, if it was a great game. That's what I was hoping for. Um. OBJ gets a touchdown, gets a ring, kind of the most thing I was hoping for. Um, but I'm not going to lie, I've literally been sad. I, I text a group chat. Uh, I was sad, like, since he went down the game. Like, uh, it's just, like, terrible to me, bro. Like, 
I don't know. I know I tore my ACL. I'm like a big OBJ guy, but I think OBJ was surfacing for guys like me trying to, you know, keep him up when a lot of people were saying, dude, this dude's washed. This dude's out of the league. He's been through a lot of injuries, but he was the fourth ranked wide receiver in these playoffs. And there, in my opinion, there's no way the Rams make the Super Bowl without OBJ. And even though he goes out early in that game, I believe that game changed when he went out. And I don't believe you win that game unless he gets that touchdown. First touchdown, by the way, which I called and had only threw five on that. Should have threw 105 on that, the way things have been going for me. But seriously, all, all things aside, like I think OBJ might be, he's in a free agency year. He was in a prove it year. He was in a situation where like, man, this could be his last shot in general anyways. And then he tears his ACL again on top of the fact he tore that one before has a broken ankle and problem with his foot. I mean, this stuff is just terrible, dude. I'm hearing, I think OBJ could be done. He got a ring. Uh, I see him crying on the field like that. It was just like, I wanted to cry, bro. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I can't believe OBJ just won a ring. Like, and now he could be done all of next year because I'm saying all things considered, he's out till November, December next year. And if that's the case, I'm like, man, how is this going to go down? This is actually been as much as it's been exciting and good for me uh this is actually pretty terrible man to be completely honest this morning that he retired i actually went to twitter and searched obj because you were like oh my god odell back because your message was like after i saw that he didn't retire i knew you were referencing the injury but like since it was two days later i was like oh my god did he just retire because i've obviously heard the same shit as well yeah i don't think i don't think he would uh obviously everyone's different i know i've used this argument with other people but like to get to that level of like being that good, you have to be such a crazy competitor. And with medical science where it is right now, like even though Cam Akers didn't look great, he suffered a torn ACL in training camp and just came back from it to play in the, the first round of the playoffs and the rest of the playoff run for them. So torn Achilles, I gotta yeah. Imagine Odell's Achilles, yeah. I torn Achilles. Uh, um, the thing with Odell is, okay. yeah, Cam Cam Akers a little younger. Um, Odell, uh, I know, I know. Just everything kind of that's gone on with Odell. And and now he's having his first child. I'm seeing very soon. Like I would not be surprised, dude. And it's just like some of this reality shit that's coming to me. And I'm like, damn, bro. Like it's actually crazy. I know Duke responded. I didn't actually answer yet, but it's like, yeah, it's actually wild to me. Like OBJ got a ring. Like when he left the Giants, it was like, damn. I really hope this dude gets a ring. I don't want to see him get it on Cleveland. And I think all these people that were out here throwing hate at OBJ, and I know the whole viral video with OBJ's dad and all the shit that went down with that, but. To me, like, I'm looking at the fact that Baker Mayfield is ranked 30th in the league as quarterback this year, regardless of injury, basically behind Justin Fields, Tua Wentz, and I think Teddy Bridgewater. So, like, to me, Baker was the problem. Other things, OBJ was not. And OBJ shown that with the Rams just won a Super Bowl. I know there's a lot of other, like, things to talk about with the Super Bowl, the game, Aaron Donald getting a ring, Von Miller, uh, Cooper Cup and his performance, not only these playoffs, but this regular season and being named Super Bowl MVP. Matt Stafford, everyone out here calling him a Hall of Famer now and acting like this dude's the best thing since sliced bread. And I'm like, what, bro? Like, I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. But if Matt Stafford's a Hall of Famer, then Eli Manning's a shoo-in, in my opinion. And I get all these players coming in saying, like, bro, why are we just all of a sudden, you just got to be a good player to get into the Hall of Fame? Like, I've been hearing all these takes on it. There's plenty of players that aren't in the Hall of Fame that have been sitting and waiting to get in the Hall of Fame that, in my opinion, Matt Stafford's not, even with this Super Bowl run and Super Bowl ring, which, by the way, is also one of these things that's wild to me. 
Because when he got traded to the Rams, we come here on the pod, that's like one of the first things we're talking about. Oh, they're going to be win a Super Bowl with him. They're going to do that. They do it in their first year. In back-to-back years in the NFL where teams won in their home stadium in the Super Bowl, never happened before. Just all kind of wild to me, bro. And in all that, the thing I go to is just OBJ, man. Because to me, he's like my favorite player for like as growing up as a kid. I know he's only a few years older than me, but I remember watching him, obviously, on the Giants. He was my favorite player. And obviously, we've been terrible since we lost him. And I'm not saying that, you know, we'd be good if he still stayed with us. But he was part of the teardown, in my opinion, which been we've been teardown since we lost him. So... Uh, yeah, it was good to see him get a ring, and, and the fact that if he actually tore his ACL again, I'm, I'm just like, man, this is devastating, and I would not be surprised if he retires, and for me, without things are going with Russ and all my favorite players at this point, it's just a weird time for me in sports, and I'm just like, I don't know, uh, but yeah, we'll touch on, we'll touch on some more of the, uh, Super Bowl, hopefully, before you go, if you got time, but we definitely gotta, uh, move over to the NBA trades, bro, um, because I probably could have started with that over the, even the Super Bowl. That's how I think more serious this is than the Super Bowl, even though I'm big on, obviously, NFL. Um, I don't even know what to say and where to start. Besides the fact that you owe me some credit here. I owe you plenty of credit here with Daryl Morey and him waiting and all the things we kind of get in with that regard and Ben Simmons finally moving and all these things um, that we could touch on. Obviously, with the biggest trade that happened, James Harden to the Sixers and Ben Simmons to the Nets with some other pieces that I'm sure we'll touch on. But to me, dude, the most interesting thing that I need to say before we even touch on that is the fact Russell Westbrook didn't get moved. Like, you said it here on the podcast. Nah, nah. And I can't. Nah, seriously. I'm not, I'm, we're not going to go on a whole Russ segment again. But I do just need to say before we touch on this trade. You came in last podcast as I'm ranting on Russ, and I'm saying, I don't think Russ is getting traded. You told me, you're like, damn, and I hear a lot of people saying this, credible people saying this in sports. Oh, LeBron James, LeGM James. Well, if LeBron James is really in charge, and I saw a report that he had conflicting uh, interest, him and Anthony Davis, with Rob Palenka on what to do with the trade deadline, Lakers didn't make one move, two moves, three moves, trade Russ. They made zero moves. Zero moves. Zero moves. Like, all right, like, I didn't think they were going to trade Russ. I thought they'd maybe try and add a 3 and D guy. I thought they'd maybe do something Lakers style, Le GM style. And if LeBron James is really in on the making the decisions, you think he would have traded Russ then? Or asked to have Russ traded for these deals that were in place for what? A 2027 round pick I saw was something that they declined? Like, when LeBron ain't even going to be around? Like, to me, LeBron ain't making these decisions, bro. Like, and if that's the case, LeBron is, and Russ, he wants Russ around. So we can't have it both ways. I just want to say that before we talk about this big trade. That's all there I'm trying are, to say. There are multiple people, Richard Jefferson, I'm forgetting the names, a few guys who've worked in front offices that work for ESPN that have like 100% said, not that LeBron makes the decision, but that like LeBron is involved in every decision made. And that shouldn't be surprising news. That's not some shocking thing. Like, it's not... Would you not go to your best player who holds your franchise? That's fine. Hands? That's fine. All I'm trying to say, no, and that's... I know. Hold on. Hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. Would you not go to your best player in any scenario? Giannis has a say. I guarantee you they ask Giannis, Do, should we trade these picks for Drew Holiday? Are you cool with that? And Giannis was probably like, hell yeah, get Drew Holiday here. Like, best play. You are going to go to the person that holds your franchise in your hands and say, like, what do you think is best? Does LeBron have maybe more control than other people, more control than a player should? Maybe. Um, but I don't think he could have gotten... 
look, he's not, it's not as simple as like go on the trade machine and 2K and like trade Russell Westbrook. Like there are legitimately like two, two deals out there that you can maybe trade Russell Westbrook. For. Okay. One uh, of them Rich, in- Rich, beside how many deals you can get for it, there was reports and there was legitimate uh, sources that I saw that there was a trade offered for Russell yes. Westbrook that they declined. So yes, in that Wall regard, in that John regard, no, I think there was some other, yeah, there's some other trades the, too, the but all I'm, was the, all the I'm trying to say is if they really wanted Russ out of there, they could have got Russ out of there in regards to the fact they had a deal, they had a deal that if they could have accepted. So if we're going to talk about number, him being in the decision-making, he obviously decided to have Russ still stay there. So I think that has to be considered regardless of how this season turns out for the Lakers uh, into account. The fact that he didn't get moved because with everything everyone's saying about it, I'm and now all the reports so, after it, you lose to the Trailblazers, in which, by the way, Russ has been playing every single game this year, leading the I NBA in minutes. Can I talk for a second? He sits out one game, you lose to the Trailblazers. Like, all right, dude, like. Uh, all right, let me talk for a minute. I love so, LeBron, but I'm just saying. So you can, there was one trade that was reported that, that was offered out there, which was the Rockets wanted a first-round pick. If they were going to take back Russell Westbrook in 2027, right? Yeah, and they were going to give up John Wall. You can say you want, like, not you specifically. Anyone could say Russell Westbrook needs to be out of there. Like, they need a new player. Sure, I agree. I don't think giving up a pick when LeBron and AD might be gone and your team might be terrible, that might be a valuable pick to get John Wall is like an upgrade over Russell Westbrook. I don't, I don't think that's. Oh, okay, we're in way better situation now. So, like. I don't think that was a viable deal. I don't think LeBron's looking at that going like, hell yeah, that's the move. He's probably looking at that like, no, like that's not what we're going to reintegrate John Wall and probably run into the same issues or running into Russell Westbrook and give up a fix. So like, look, everything's ran by LeBron. It is whether he has final say, probably not, but maybe he could. I think that's what people debate. Does he have the final say? Everything's a hundred percent run by him. There were debates that there was a Knicks trade out there for pieces, which I'd imagine the Knicks wouldn't do. Cause if the trade that was out there was basically like, Kemba, Fournier, Burks, and like the Lakers would throw in a first round pick, and like the Knicks would take the Russell Westbrook contract. The Lakers, LeBron, and everyone I think would have stamped that because, like we've talked about, Russ is probably a better player individually than those guys. But like, what the Lakers are missing are their KCP, Kuzma, Caruso, those guys that could do a few different things, more pieces. Yeah. So my point is, my point is then, Rich, if we talk about this all day and night because we could. Why didn't they make a deal then? There has to be something to the fact they I didn't just, make a deal. I just said because they didn't want – those were the two deals that were working contract-wise. I don't think the Knicks were – it wasn't officially reported, but I'd imagine the Knicks weren't cool with the deal because I think the Lakers would have made the deal if the Knicks were like, all right, let's do it. The Knicks were probably like, no, we're not taking the Russell Westbrook contract. Not interested in that. And they, the Lakers themselves said no to the Rockets deal, which I think makes sense. I think you agree with it as well because you don't want to swatch. Yeah, swatch I don't John think I don't Westbrook. think they should have took that deal. I'm just saying if they, things are so are dumpster fire with Russell Westbrook, it's like whatever. To me, you're I getting think, the Russell Westbrook you could should have expected, and it's more of a knock on AD and LeBron that I've been talking about, and some of these other pieces that they don't have, which is why I would have thought they made maybe a move at the trade deadline, regardless if they traded Russ. And they didn't. So I'm looking at the Lakers and I'm looking at LeBron, GM LeBron. I'm like, what is going on here? Like you got y'all, you're you're on a uh, microphone you saying you don't have enough to win and you didn't make any moves. Like, all right, so I guess the Lakers are just folded on the season because they don't believe in Russ, but this Russ is was, out there playing. 
This was this was the situation all along, though. I don't know why this everyone's shocked by this. I said this to you a hundred times. Like they're not going to trade Russell Westbrook. They can't. They literally can't unless the Rockets want to trade John Wall for Russell Westbrook a second time in a John Wall Russell Westbrook swap. Like they can't. It's not that like the Lakers chose not to do anything. Like this was the situation the whole year. Everyone's like, oh, they're going to trade Westbrook. I was like, no, they can't. Like, do they want to? Probably. Can they? No, because there's no one to match for his contract out there. It won't work. Um. So it's kind of where we were. The only move they could have made realistically, we heard Kendrick and Unintrader offers all year. Probably no one wanted him because we don't even know what his timetable to return to uh, playing basketball is. He hasn't played yet. So literally the only other guy you could trade with value is THT, who even with LeBron out was only getting 16 minutes yeah, on a night dude, he, on a team that Y'all overvalued so like, THT. Oh, 100%. Chewy Way did. I probably did a little bit too. So I'm just saying, like, looking at the Lakers roster, I guarantee you the Lakers were trying to make moves, but it's like, who who, who would they have traded? The one other move I heard reported is that the Lakers offered Russell Westbrook to the Kings, which is funny because it was a trade that would have been for in a Buddy Heald trade, but the Kings declined that one. Listen, bro, so like, all I'm saying now is we're at a point that they're going to need Russell Westbrook to either perform better or take a different role or something if they're well, going to do anything this happen. season. And LeBron and AD and all these guys are going to have to step up if they're even going to make the playoffs. And we're going to have to save that conversation for another day because we got too much to get we'll into. We'll have to – the last thing, last thing I'll say is – they're going to get, like, their team is going to be better in a month than it is right now. They're going to get two guys on the buyout market, two guys we don't expect. I don't know if Eric Gordon gets bought out. Drogic is a free agent now. He was just bought out. He's probably going to Dallas or Miami, it was said. But, like, someone's going to get bought out that we don't see coming, and they're going to go to the Lakers. They're going to get a significant, not a wildly good player, but, like, a guy that will be helpful in the rotation. I don't think Eric Gordon gets bought out, but he would be huge if he does. There could be some other people out there getting bought out. It usually happens. Yeah, so um, obviously there's a couple other trades that happened too that were like pretty significant to me, particularly Przingis to the Wizards. Uh, that was the weirdest There's a couple other trades that hopefully we'll be able to touch on, but we got to touch on obviously the big one here now. Um, let's see, where to even start with this because I got a lot of questions for you here. Um, one, I uh, remember when they – Brought together this big three. We had talked about it here. Plenty of people have talked about it. If they would win a championship. Well, that did not happen. They won one playoff series. And we can talk about injuries and all that. They played 16 total games together. I get they were 13-3. and three, But let's just say that total experiment, whatever it was, was not great. A debacle. And I was on the front with that, bro. I was like, damn, this shit's going to be awkward, as weird, as, as good as together they looked. When they were on the court together, and obviously Kyrie's got his own issues going on, and Kevin Durant kind of on and off the court with injuries and whatnot, in a two-year span, seems like they couldn't really do anything together. Um, to me, this all comes back to now James Harden wanting out and, and now rifting with Kevin Durant and all the bullshit with James Harden, who wanted out to get to Brooklyn. And I'm like, all right, this is where he wants to get. They got him there. Oh, wow, another player empowerment move in the NBA. What a fucking surprise. James Harden leading that front. Oh, great. What a what a nice way to do it when you fucking quit on your team. Um, I'm happy Ben Simmons got out of Philly. Um, and I look at this trade, honestly. Um, I do want to ask you who do, who you think has a better chance, not only this year, uh, but I think this year even not even win a championship, just go further in the playoffs is an interesting uh, uh, discussion, I think. Uh, March 10th, mark yeah. your calendar, Rich. That's the first game they play, and that'll be all eyes on that for me. Um, it'll be all eyes when Ben Simmons gets on the court. Even last night, the Nets looking a little bit more rejuvenated with a Seth Curry dropping 25 points and KD still not on the court. Um, 
I look at this trade as much as people are saying James Harden and Joel Embiid might be the best duo in sports or in the NBA since Shaq and Kobe. And I'm like, bro, slow your fucking roll. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, here's my thing. Joel Embiid's incredible. Joel Embiid's been incredible. I'm telling my brother today. I'm like, hammer the Sixers today. I know the Celtics have been on a tear. I'm like, Joel Embiid's dropping 40 today. Joel Embiid has been incredible, dog. DeMar DeRozan's another guy I need to talk about with you today. But Joel Embiid has been fantastic. You know how I feel about John Morant, but he just got banged up. I don't know how he's going to win the MVP if he's banged up. I see him limping off the court, and I'm like, this dude's so incredible, and he's having such an incredible year, and the Grizzlies are 21-4 and in their last 25. But it ain't going to matter if John on the floor. He ain't going to win MVP. Had the same problem with Embiid last year. He's been on the floor. But you add James Harden to this mix, it could hurt. It could hurt. I'm not saying that it can't be there much better, and I think their roster is great. But I look at the Nets roster, I think the Nets have a better chance to make a run and to be a better playoff team and to win a championship without James Harden with their current construction after this trade. I was shocked. I was shocked. And I know everyone's like, oh, we don't know what we're going to get out of Ben Simmons, including myself. But I think Ben Simmons is going to give you enough where you're going to be more more able to have success with the current constructed roster of the Nets, adding Seth Curry, some of the other deals, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie even part-time. If Ben Simmons can get on the court, which I think he will after the All-Star break, maybe even before James Harden, who's out until the after the All-Star break, something we can't rely on with this man at this point, and him quitting on the team, and him not meshing with superstars. I think the Nets, I think the Nets made out. Like if James Harden doesn't want to be here, you got the best deal possible for James Harden wanting to come there. I, and I'm thinking, damn, I'm I'm more worried of the Nets now in the East than I was when they had James Harden. I'm dead ass on that. And I don't think the Sixers are going to run through the East with James Harden and Joel Embiid, regardless how many good pieces are around them. And so, I like Maxi. So I'm looking at this trade. Yeah, both teams might have won. I think the Nets win more long-term in this trade. I think the Nets have a better chance to win a championship after this trade. And I like what the Nets did with James Harden being a bitch yet again. There's my rant. So I I agree with a lot of it. Um, I think I said in the last one, I, th- I think the Nets win the trade long-term. I'm scared of... Having that James Harden, assuming he resigns, I'm scared of having that James Harden contract in two years. I don't value Andre Drummond very much, but I will tell you that Andre Drummond is more valuable to the Nets than he was the Sixers. Correct. Like, I think Andre in, Drummond in a, is a significant role. You know I'm high on him, in, probably in like playoff, THT in, and all these other all right, guys. All right. He'll make a role. In a playoff series in the, for the Nets, or for the Heat, yikes. In the playoff series for the Sixers, Andre Drummond is playing at best like eight minutes a game because you want Joel Embiid out there 40 minutes a game. You're yep. not playing them together. He's not going to be playing a whole bunch in the playoff series for the Nets. He always gets played off the court in those. They'll go small ball, put Durant at center a lot. But still, he could at least get 20 minutes and be make a difference for them because they don't have as much of a center presence. I still think Claxton's a better player. But I think the Nets won the trade long-term getting picks and stuff. But And I think if they were starting from scratch this year, that I would give the Nets a better chance to go far. But given the context, of what we know right now, I, I can't pick the Nets this year over the Sixers because, yeah, the Nets won last night, their first game in, like, what, 11 games yeah. or something like yep, that. Yeah, 11-game losing streak, yep, when they're James Harden was sitting. Yep, go ahead. They're sitting in the eighth spot right now. They are three and a half games away from being out of the play-in, which I don't think is going to happen. But also, their next five games, I believe, are all in Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving is not playing in any of their next five games. James Harden's not there anymore. Kevin Durant's not playing in any of their next five games. Steph Curry balled out last night, but I hope it keeps coming because 
the Nets could realistically find themselves as the 10 seed in the play-in or like fighting in their last few games to make sure they stay in the play-in tournament. And look, I agree with you. I think the Nets probably won the trade long-term. If you're asking me which team would I rather GM going for, give me the Nets. I think that's a better roster long-term. But in terms of this year, where we are right now, not knowing if Kyrie Irving's playing, like imagine this. The 10 seed in the play-in might, again, we've gone over this, might be best for them because they don't have to play any home games in the play-in. But if you're like the 8 seed in the play-in or something, you might lose both of the playing games or your one playing game. Listen, like, listen. I just don't think the Nets are in a formidable spot to like. Listen, they're not in a good spot this year to make a run. They have to have a lot of things break their way, even in the play-in and even going into the play-in, where we at least know, at least I'm confident, the Sixers are walking into the first round with home court advantage. They might be the four seed. They might be, but they're going to be in a better spot in the first round than the Nets. Are. This is such an interesting conversation to me because. Trying to take this whole Kyrie Irving vax, unvaxxed conversation out of it. Like, what happens if the mandates change, dude? Because I know things are changing. What happens if Kyrie decides to do whatever he has to do to play these home games? Even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't. If the mandates change and he can play there. Even if he doesn't and the mandates don't change. You don't think Kevin Durant and some of these other pieces they brought in, if Ben Simmons is the type of dude you've always been telling me Ben Simmons is? I think the Nets... Okay, this is the thing. As much as they fell down to the eighth and you're talking about 10 seed in the plan, they can climb right back up without so much as jammed up in the east. It's the same way I feel about the Lakers if they could beat the fucking Trailblazers. By the way, the Lakers have the second hardest schedule on the way out. I don't think the Nets do. And I'm looking at the Sixers. I'm looking at some of these other teams in the east. Yeah, I like some other teams above what I feel like the Sixers and the Nets have. But at this point, if I'm comparing just the Nets and the Sixers going forward, if Kevin Durant can get back on the court soon, which I think he will, and Kyrie Irving's playing part-time, anytime, whatever the time, I think these moves that they made were better than a half-assed James Harden when you're on 11 games losing streak. He don't want to be there anyways. The way I'm looking at it is this. If you ask me, we agree. So ignoring going forward, we agree. We'd rather have the Nets roster like a year or two years from now. I agree with you. We don't have anything to debate there. The way I look at it is if someone like was like, hey, place a bet on which team you think has a better chance of going to the conference finals this year. To me, it would be a no-brainer right now to place that bet on the Sixers. Not because of like, oh, James Harden this or like, oh, Kyrie this. It's just like one of those teams is going to have to win play-in games, maybe without their best player. And even if they do have their best player, they have to play – Or sorry, Kyrie's their best player, their second best player. And even if they make the first round, they have to play half of their games without their second best player. Whereas I know the other team, barring injuries, is going to be healthy. So I think it's a safer bet that the Sixers have success this year. But I'm fully with you that I think the Nets won the trade. I think going forward, I'd rather have the Nets roster because give me the roster with Kevin Durant. I do believe in Ben Simmons more than other people. Who knows what happens with Kyrie? That's the scary part of things. Let me just say this. Why did James Harden go to Brooklyn, dude? Did he go to Brooklyn to win a ring? Did he go to Brooklyn to not have to be taking the last shot? Did he go to Brooklyn to not have to have pressure to bring a championship somewhere? Well, he's got all that now. And I've always knocked on James Harden for all this. And regardless how this goes for either team, James Harden's got way more pressure than anybody else, including Ben Simmons. And KD's got all house money here. KD's coming back with what he did last year in the playoffs with a roster that he likes now. James Harden, regardless of how things were going on the court, looked like they weren't going well off the court. And he's always saying, oh, I don't want to be in Brooklyn, all this shit. Whatever, dude, you just got there and bitched about wanting to get there. This dude can't make up his mind. 
I don't know if he's going to feel like this in Philadelphia or not, but I'm not banking on the fact that he's going to mesh well with the rest of the squad, that he's going to show up come playoff time, and that he's going to deliver a championship making big shots through a playoff run for a team that hasn't won a, a title since I don't know when the fuck when. I think KD has more to prove with all these other players, house money, Kevin Durant is better than James Harden, let's be real here, and I got more trust in Kevin Durant. Yeah, so when I'm looking at, even if how they shake out standing-wise, yeah, the Sixers are looking way better right now with Joel Embiid having an MVP-type season. Still a long game, still a long season to go, bro. Got another 30-plus games, not even at the All-Star break yet. A lot of things can change, and at this point, I think the Nets might start getting hot. KD will get back soon. Ben Simmons gets out there. Kyrie figures his shit out. Steve Nash can hopefully handle all this. Who knows? Maybe KD's in charge. He probably is, just like LeBron. We'll see if the Lakers can do the same thing. But I got more trust in that than I do James Harden. That's how I feel. I don't care where James Harden goes, because at this point, he ain't a championship-level player. I got in this rant last time. And I've been hearing talking to people about it uh, on the airwaves and stuff, so I ain't the only one feeling this way. I, I hear people getting paid millions of dollars talking about this shit. So I I'm not the only one blasting off like this. I've been on it for a while, though, so I deserve a lot of credit for that. Deadass. Deadass. You, I, mean, I don't even know what you have to say to me about that. Besides the fucking he fact he almost gave it to the, the Golden State Warriors when he was... Yeah, dude, but he never got it done. Yep, go ahead. I agree with you on all of that. It's a, ba it's a bad look for him. The only thing I'll say is I don't think he can do it again. Like, I'm not saying he won't. I'm not saying it's on a risk. We just saw him do it two times in a row with his last two teams, but... If he, if we're a year or two years out from now and he quits on the Sixers, I can't see, because remember, a year from now, he can't quit on him this year. Like, whatever. He might suck. I'm not saying he can't suck. He, maybe he doesn't get back to playing well. Maybe he's just not good anymore. It could happen. I think he'll, I think he'll get back. He's probably like hokey token everyone again, like he was with the Rockets, and I'll probably start like playing a little better, but he could just suck now. And if he does... No team's going to want that contract. So, like, he can't do this again. He can't quit on the team. Like, if he quits on the Sixers next year, no team's going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll take James Harden on his five-year max contract and be the fourth team he quits on. Like, everyone else is going to look at the Sixers and be like, nah, dude, that's all you. Keep that. And this shit will look real bad for Maury, and everyone will be like, wow, did he fuck up this trade? Only time will tell. That ball's in James Harden's score on that one. But I don't think he can quit on the team because, like, there literally won't be buyers for him. There's always buyers for you. Like, even Russell Westbrook, when he's, like, as bad as he's playing right now, if he was on the last year of his contract, there'd be some more buyers for him. It's not as intimidating when you're on the last year. Like, James Harden and everyone will take a risk on you when you're in your last year and you're in your prime, stuff like that. A year, two years from now, no one's taking that risk on James Harden, probably, if he quits on the team. So the only thing I'll say is, like, it's been an awful look on what he did with the Rockets and then doing it on the Nets a year and a half later. I don't think he can do it again because, like, they're – there will be no one to go Rich, to if he quits on my point, yeah, dude, taking quitting the team out, because, yeah, of course, that'd be fucking ridiculous. My point is now, if James Harden doesn't win a championship, what the fuck are we going to say about James Harden? What are you going to tell me about James Harden? Because now he's got everything he wanted. Got Had his chance with the Rockets, had these players come in, couldn't do nothing with it. Had had his chance with Brooklyn, ha, whatever, no chance, won one playoff series. Now he's with the Sixers, back with Daryl Morey, reunited with Joel Embiid. What happens if he fucking messes this up and doesn't do anything with it? This is a James Harden problem. There's a lot of context that goes into that, I think. Like, I don't know if he gets into a playoff series and, like, he's the reason they choke it, then that's a really bad look. If they to go to a Game 7 and, like, the Bucks end up beating him in a great series, then 
I wouldn't knock him. There's like so much context that goes into that. I don't think it's as simple as like, if he doesn't win his championship, this is a failure. In his mind, it will be. A lot of people will say it is, but like, to me, there's so much context that matters. Like, I don't think taking James Harden out of it, like for Kevin Durant, I don't think last season was a failure. He basically dragged the Nets in the playoffs without Kyrie and James, like a half of James Harden on one hamstring, dragged the Nets and almost beat the Bucks alone. So I think there's context that goes into it. Like, I think you can lose in the conference finals or in the second round and be like, nah, I mean, you balled out. Like, it's a failure for the Nets or the 76ers if they lose in the second round. But, like, I think there's more context that goes into it. If they run into a Bucks team and, like, have a great series, I'm not going to knock James Harden or the team if they, like, play great. If he chokes away a series, doesn't show up, and they lose, then, then yeah, we'll be having a conversation about, like, damn, they botched this trade. That's fine. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see uh, how this plays out for sure. But, obviously, a blockbuster trade across the association, and we'll have to touch on some more of it as it plays out. Uh... There were some other trades, though. Um, so you'll have to pull those up for me because I don't have mad notes. I want to touch on the Zingus one. We didn't even finish up the rest of it. Well, Paul Millsap made it to the Sixers. He wanted out of the Nets. Uh, it wasn't getting enough playing time. We touched on Drummond, who I think will be a key factor. There were some picks. Um, yeah. Um, there, what, the other trades, the poor Zingus one, yeah, it just didn't make sense to me. Dinwiddie and... Um, uh, What's his name? Davis Bertans for Porzingis. The logic that I heard people who you know are familiar with <clears throat> insiders and like what teams are doing with their cap was that Jason Kidd didn't like Porzingis. The Mavericks were kind of viewed him as a liability. Like, yeah, he kind of played well when he was out there, but like, when was he going to be out there? Was he going to be out there when it mattered? And they basically viewed it as we'll take two rotational guys back, even though both of them are overpaid as well. Dinwiddie and um Bertans, but I guess they were viewing it as it's easier to flip two bad con individual bad contracts than like one Porzingis is one bad one I don't agree with it but I don't think either team won like you're looking at the Wizards and it's like okay I mean mate I guess you're better as the Wizards than you were before if Porzingis is healthy but like I still don't know if that's enough to keep Bradley Beal to stay like keep Kuzma's rebounding great. Um, maybe that hurts him putting another big out there. They already have so many bigs. I don't know. Yeah, that was a weird trade. I thought it was nice for the Mavs, though. Luka's been balling out, and Porzingis, I don't know, just weird with how he's kind of fit in since he's been with the Mavs, even though he's had some flashes. I, I agree with the uh, reflection of him at, from Jason Kidd. I think Luka is the key factor of that team, and clearly I don't think they were meshing either with what we saw with them in the playoffs last season. So, to me, Luca's the main guy. Luca probably wanted him out, and he's turning into Luca GM. You're you're probably right, but my only thing is like, okay, you're the Mavericks, and like your best three scorers are probably Luca, Brunson, and Dinwiddie. Um, and do you really want to play all of those three guys together? I don't think Dinwiddie's better than Brunson, and obviously not better than Luca. So to me, it's like, yeah, Chris Porzingis doesn't have a great contract and he's not healthy all the time but if you're asking me who would i have rather have on the court dinwiddie or porzingis if possible like in a playoff series like if i already have brunson and luca i'd i'd probably rather have porzingis but you're probably right if luca wants him out that's all that matters like you just want to keep luca happy so if that was it then fine i guess that's it but i just don't think they're i don't think they're better today than they were yesterday unless davis portans discovers a shooting from like three years ago that he lost after he got that he might i mean surrounding luca with spot up shooters i know dinwiddie good backup guard i like dinwiddie you know but i don't know he wasn't fitting well with the wizards um he has some good games though with the wizards and i think he's a good solid shooting guard 
Uh, with Jalen Brunson, they got him kind of. I don't think he's better than Jalen Brunson. Is my thing. So it's like, do, am I going to play all three of them in important moments, or is Dinwiddie just going to be sitting on the bench in all the important moments? I don't know. That that's kind of the way I'm thinking of it. Like, I am not putting Jalen Brunson on the bench to put Dinwiddie in the game personally. Jalen Brunson's better. Probably better defender. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll see how it shakes out. I think the Mavericks uh, have been one of the impressive. Uh, most impressive since kind of we started about them kind of being like the most disappointing. Um, there's a few things I wanted to touch on in that regard. I got five things for you. Are there any other trades that I didn't really talk about with you yet? Did DiVincenzo get traded from the Bucks? Yeah, he went to the Kings, and which is funny because he was supposed to huh. get traded to the Kings two years ago in a trade that got fucked up and got voided. And then he ended up being back on the Bucks, and now he's back on the Kings again. Yeah, he was part of the Serge Ibaka trade. It was a four-team trade. The Bucks got Ibaka. They sent out DiVincenzo. There were some other pieces involved. But, yeah, I think Ibaka is uh, nothing crazy. Oh, yeah, the Bucks did get Ibaka. I did tell you that nice in the chat. Grab. Brooke Lopez, it doesn't sound like, is coming back this year. He played literally one game this yeah. year. And I forgot if it's something that was back or what, but he's not going to start over Portis. Yeah, Bobby Portis has been nice. Portis when Portis and Giannis aren't playing the five for like 10, 15 minutes a game, that's good to have a Bach out there. So a nice little get for them. Nothing yeah. crazy, but a nice get. Yeah. Uh, we talked about CJ to the Pelicans, and that was just wild. Blazers. He, he balled out. Shout out Anthony game. Simons. So, yeah, he did ball out. Anthony Simons. I saw uh, Sabonis in his debut, too, with a big one, even though they got corked last night by the Nets like you talked about. But Sabonis' big uh, debut a lot of new faces and new places having uh, decent debuts. Talked about Norman Powell's, and I saw he could be out for unperceivable time future, even though the Clippers beat the Warriors last night. So I'm like, damn, the NBA's NBA's tough. That's what I like about the NBA, bro. You can hit some of those plus money lines because, I mean, obviously we think the Warriors will beat the Clippers. I saw Clay had 33 against the Lakers the other night and burn them, and now all of a sudden – can't beat the fucking Clippers, like, with Reggie yep. Jackson. And like, it's like, what? Like, all right, I get you're on the road. But it's like, I thought we were talking about the Warriors as the best team in the West, best team in the NBA. Like, I don't know where I'm at with that. All right, let me give you five things Warriors. then. Let me give you five things in the NBA, though. I'll keep it in the NBA only. I'll try and keep it in the NBA only for you. Uh, let me start with this one. I saw the Knicks last night. They lost to the Thunder, bro. My brother comes into uh, my room this morning. I'm like, yeah, bro, this is the shit that happened. positive in a minute won a little money on the super bowl lost some not as bad as you feeling pretty good uh normally i'd throw money on like games like that where but that was just a high ass money line where i'm like damn bro like I, yeah i don't know if i should be betting against the knicks like that at home nope josh giddy youngest triple double in the garden josh giddy dropping triple doubles looking fire shy isn't even playing and you're losing to the thunder and double overtime julius randall out here looking like he don't even know what he's doing the last shot of the game like pass it up bro i'm like watching this shit i'm like damn bro i can't believe i couldn't th- throw money on this i took the thunder plus 10 though and i had them in a minus four parlay with with another minus five or something i banged on it but i'm telling you i should have threw money on the thunder last night because those are the type of games where i'm like damn bro this is disappointing for the knicks this is disappointing for the Knicks. I saw you trade for Cam Reddish. Now I see a report from Tom Thibodeau. He don't want Cam Reddish. Like, what the hell are you trading for him for? The Knicks are a fucking debacle, bro. We're talking about the Nets falling out into the plane, falling out. Nah, dude, the Knicks are way more debacle in New York. 
I don't know what the fuck's going on with you after what they did last year. I feel bad for you right now. Because after what they did last year and how I propped them up and kind of gave them some clout and I told you they'd be down this year, they're all the way down, bro. About as rock bottom as you can get. You can blame it on Derrick Rose being out, maybe. I like Derrick Rose. But, like, what's the fucking deal, dog? Knicks are just, I don't know where they're at, right? You just lost to the Thunder, bro. And you know how I feel about the Thunder and what they're doing? I've been loving the Thunder. Josh Giddy, man, youngest triple-double, and he's 19 out here dropping, like, back-to-back triple-doubles. Like, yeah, we can talk about the triple-double not meaning much. I don't think it means much anymore in the NBA. It means something in college basketball, though. I saw this dude, Kessler, uh, something for Auburn. He got 10 blocks. I think he had 11 blocks, triple-double in, uh, in a game. So, like, it was only a second triple-double in, in uh, I don't even know. It was a ridiculous stat. They're not happening in college basketball like that. DeJounte Murray, Dinwiddie, Luka every night. There's triple-doubles every night in the NBA, like I told you, bro. So, it, sh- it makes Russ even look worse. But all I'm trying to say is this legitimate shit when you're dropping a triple-double. <laughs> That's it. You're fucking, you are, I, it is not a bad stat to be dropping a triple-double. And now, all of a sudden, it's ruined. Because every single night in the NBA, you got a triple-double. I know I got off that, but you got a 19-year-old I, dropping triple-doubles in the NBA against the Knicks. Yeah, that. Wow. answer that. Answer uh, okay. that. I didn't remember where we were on that one. Okay, Knicks. Um, yeah, Knicks. Yeah, Knicks. Where you at? How you feeling about your Knicks right now? The Knicks suck. The only only promise... I mean, yeah, the Cameras thing doesn't make any sense. I was supported a few days back. Tibbs, I guess, didn't want Cam Reddish, which is like the Knicks. Even though their team hadn't been looking good since getting Leon Rose like a year, two years ago, two and a half years ago, the GM and like ownership group has looked very confident. And this is the first move where it's like classic old Knicks where it's like, what? Like... Tom, the reason Leon Rose was hired is like him and Tom Thibodeau like are close. Like Leon Rose is a good GM. I think Leon Rose has done really well. But him and Tom Thibodeau are close. They were saying like, hey, there's going to be like great alignment from like ownership to coaching. And it's like, yo, did no one talk to the coach and was like, hey, what do you think about this? Guy? Seriously, like, like what is going on? Thing, if you if you came to me and was like, hey, like what's one what's like two important things to know about like Tom Thibodeau as a coach? Like if I don't know anything about him and he's coached my team, I'd be like, well. He hates playing young guys that haven't proven themselves. Number one thing that people know about him. And he's going to burn his starters who he does like and he knows can play some defense and play hard into the ground. Those are like the number two. And like he wants people who play hard defense. Cam Reddish hasn't proven that he can play consistent defense. He's young and he isn't proven. So like if I was going to trade for him, I'd go to Tom Thibodeau and be like, yo, like just so you know, like, are you going to play this guy like 15 plus minutes a night? We, we need him playing 20 plus minutes a night, especially now that like, What's the best outcome for the Knicks this year? Like making a play in, maybe making like the eight or seven seed and getting bounced in the first round. That's the best outcome for the Knicks this year. And even that seems like a far stretch at this time. So it's like, what are you doing? Like just literally play the guy you just traded a first round pick for and develop him. Like there's no there's no ceiling this year. And like the bad part is that's not what Tom Thibodeau does. Tom Thibodeau does not do like build for the future. Tom Thibodeau does. We are winning this game. Tom today. Thibodeau coming like, off coach of the year, looking like the worst coach in the year. That's how we're heading this uh, conversation. Uh, this, is, this is this has happened so many times. Dwayne Casey, coach <laughs> of the year, fired. George Carl, coach of the year, fired. Unreal, though. Tom, Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau, man, whatever. Year, I'm done talking about the Knicks. Year. They're trash. Hopefully they can turn around. Maybe we'll talk about them again. I do want to talk about this with you, though. DeMar DeRozan, bro. First Bulls player to have 35 straight and six straight, uh, five straight games is looking to break that record uh, tonight. Dropped 40 last night. 
had him on plus uh to Bulls to win 35 points, hit on that, been hitting DeMar DeRozan to score 30 and Bulls to win all week, dropping 25 and 50 on that like it's nothing. One of the best bets in sports like I've been telling you about. Chicago Bulls. Let me just tell you, I came in here and told you, Vucevic coming around a little bit, Caruso still out with getting knocked out from Grayson Allen, Iota Sumo coming into his own, and Levine still trying to get back healthy. I think the Bulls are having an incredible season in terms of when you're going to go rank it with all these other ones they had. It has to be the best since Michael Jordan. You can bring up Derrick Rose. You can bring up anything. But DeMar DeRozan is, is absolutely balling right now. The Chicago Bulls are believed by the top seed in the East. And going forward, I don't see them declining when you get back a full, a healthy Levine and Caruso coming back and all these other pieces. I see it only up from here. DeMar DeRozan, I get there playing the Spurs last night. That man was on a mission last night in the fourth quarter. Go watch that fourth quarter last night. I had him to score 35 points. He had two in the first quarter. I'm like, damn, I'm fucked. This man finished the game with 40. Bro, the Bulls? The Bulls are legit, and they're having their best season since Michael Jordan. That's legit. That, that's a hot take that I've been having. They are doing it. They are doing it. They are proving it to me. They are having their most impressive season probably since Michael Jordan in terms of, like, most people did not see quite this coming. I cannot give you the best because if you ask 100 people right now who's the best team in the East, you might get – the the Bulls said like five to ten times out of that. Like most people are going to say like, oh, like the Sixers, the fucking yeah, that's um, some fucking East. disrespect, bro. There's no way the no, it, that's disrespect. It is partially my point being is when the Bulls had Derrick Rose as an MVP and whatever that was, 2013, they were the runaway number one seed. And if you ask people who's the best team in the East, people are going to probably 50 50 say the Bulls are the Heat because Lador Brown and Heat were there, but the Bulls were the runaway one seed in the East. So it's, I can't say they're having by far their best season since Michael Jordan when they were the clear best team in the East one year with the MVP on their team one year. I do think they're having their most impressive season since Michael Jordan. And I'll, I'll look, the playoffs are where it will be decided because yep. that Bulls team did not have tremendous playoff success because of injuries most of the time. It wasn't their fault. Derrick Rose would get hurt. Luol Deng would get hurt. Joe yep. would yep. get hurt. They got banged up. It wasn't their fault. Yep. But they never had a whole lot of playoff success. They never made a finals. I don't see the Bulls making a finals. But if they can do that, then, hey, you're absolutely right. Yeah, they if they can do that, you'll be wearing a dress. If they can make the Eastern yep. Conference yep. Finals, they'll be we- you'll be wearing yep. a dress. Yep. And I'll be looking forward to seeing the Bulls come playoff time. Yep. I'm hyped. Uh, let me switch to this. I saw LeBron James say they should do a group parade for the Dodgers, Rams, and then Lakers, which now they've already won a championship after the Bucks already celebrated a parade. I don't know if you saw this, I, but I'm I'm I seeing some of the shit LeBron's doing recently, and it's honestly pissing me off. It's pissing me off. Like, the way he's talking about the team, the way he's saying, oh, we don't have a chance to win. Like, what what, bro, this, what the fuck is good with LeBron James, bro? Well, we're having a parade, a group parade, when we won our championship over a year and a half ago in a bubble that was already celebrated? Like, this whole thing's getting whacked for me, dog, with LeBron, because I watch a lot of LeBron, and I, you, I love LeBron. You know how I'm like, damn, he's got to be in this conversation. I saw he's got the most regular season points in playoff points combined all time. He's still got, I think, I don't even know. It's 18,000 to pass all time regular season. But he's got the most points scored uh, 
in, in all games played of all time of any other player. He continues to stack onto his resume, and he's doing it in his 19-year, 39 years old, doing as much as he can to carry the Lakers every given night because apparently they have nothing else because Anthony Davis has been pathetic. Um, but to me, I'm like, I'm watching LeBron, bro, and I get why people don't like LeBron. Like, LeBron goes up, goes for a shot, like, gets hit like he's been hit a million times. No foul call. He don't run back on defense like he used to. He's, like, fucking bitching to the refs every time. Fucking always. I don't know what's good, LeBron. All these, like, weird media things. Like, trying to prop up, what, his fucking off-the-field propaganda? His move with Bronny? Like, this whole thing to me. Is it about winning in basketball? Because that's the knock on Russell Westbrook. And it's, like, doesn't seem that it's that serious with the rest of these dudes in L.A. Okay, as well. All right, all right, I just all right, What the fuck's right. good here? You, group parade? <laughs> that that was stupid. I read that and was like, I had I didn't have to look at the comments or anything yet. I was like, dude, did you just try and set yourself up to be just absolutely destroyed by everyone? Why would you say that? Like, literally, everyone's gonna say like, oh, bubble ring. Like, you haven't won in years. You guys are making the playoffs. What are you talking about? Like, look, at the end of the day, I don't care too much. He was just trying to celebrate the Rams. Weird way to do it. You're obviously gonna get clowned by saying it that way and celebrate LA and whatever, but. A lot of the stuff I don't care too much about. Like, I hear you. He doesn't hustle back the same. He's also in year 18 or whatever the fuck it is at this point. Like, I don't expect him to be doing what he used to do. NBA is – it is crazy. Like, I feel like this is, like, not to sound, like, old, but what, like, I remember – I don't know. I remember my dad saying here and there. But it is starting to get ridiculous. Like, some of the complaining. Like, Luca complains every single fucking It's crazy. Every single time a whistle called. LeBron – Every single time, it was crazy. Like the worst two in the league to me. Uh, Jokic, Jokic bitches a lot as well. Um, like a lot of the star guys, it's just like, oh god damn, shut up, dude. Like crazy. Shut, to me, it's like, aren't you hurting your case? Like I played sports. What are you like? Literally, like think about it. If you are arguing the ref on every fucking play, they are never going to believe you. And look, look, obviously they're not changing the call in the times when they believe you. But if you're doing it once or twice a game, then the ref is going to be walking away from that like, ah, shit, maybe he's right. Maybe I fucked that one up. When you're when you're bitching after every single call, they're literally just like, bro, shut the fuck up. Like, literally shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> they're not like, they're not, ah, oh, damn, maybe I missed that one. If you're just literally being a little real about it and it's like three, four times a game, you're like, dude, you, you fucked that one up. Then maybe they're like, I've heard people say this who've played in the NBA. Like, if you... Uh, I forget who it was, but some Matt Barnes maybe is like, if you literally go to the officials and you're like, yo, look at that at halftime, you missed that one, they will go back and look at a specific place. Like, I've had a bunch of officials come out at half and go out and be like, my bad, I did miss that one. Like, you're right. He's like, if you just talk to them, like, they'll hear you. He's like, if you bitch after every single play, like, they're going to be like, fuck you. Like, yeah, you'll still get some LeBron calls because you're LeBron, but like, it's just, I don't see the point of it. I don't see what it's gaining you. And it shocks me. It's not just a LeBron thing. Like, Luca might be actually worse at Luca and LeBron are probably the two main culprits. It's like it's it's just it bugs me watching them sometimes because I'm like, oh my god, just stop, dude. Dude, uh, just quick update: Heater actually technically number one in the East with a five-game win streak. Bulls on a four-game win streak, uh, thirty-seven and twenty are the Heat. Cavs in the three spots: Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, Raptors, Nets. The standings are wild, bro. Lakers in the nine. Love to see the Grizzlies up there at three, bro. In the West, what the Suns are doing this year is super impressive. On a five-game winning streak, their best fifty-game start at like forty-one and nine. They now sit at forty-six and ten, best uh, record in the NBA. The Warriors are so bad without Draymond. The they Warriors, are. Like, they are terrible without Draymond. Yeah. Um, 
There are a couple uh, things NBA-wise I needed to throw in. A couple more in the five things. Uh, Celtics. Celtics and Raptors, dude. Yeah, so that's basically where I was going. Um, Celtics and Raptors, who I was leaving for dead in the East, and Timberwolves, who you had up here, and I was moving more towards your side as I've been seeing them play this year creeping up. Um, and the Pelicans, I'd like the Spurs who are feisty with DeJounte Murray, but I don't see them getting into the playing spot, but the Pelicans I do. Um, if Zion can ever get back on the fucking court, I don't know what's going on with Zion. So, uh, just a couple interesting ones for me. Yeah, it was basically the Celtics, Raptors, Timberwolves, and Pelicans. Cause I like the, what the Timberwolves are doing, how young they are. Um, all these players and pieces that are kind of now coming together, new their new head coach who kind of looks like they're doing and them competing in the West. Um, the Pelicans, who made these moves. We talked about them a little bit. Zion hasn't played a game all year. Ja's doing what he's doing. Is Zion getting on the court this year? I just want to know. Then I'm looking at the Celtics and Raptors. Because I'm like, damn, bro, the Raptors are like the type of team they won a championship a couple of years ago. Obviously Kawhi. And they've kind of been pretty decent ever since like an under a radar decent team ever since and you got fred van vliet all-star gary tran jr balling out siakam still there with a couple big guys and it's like they just win games like they were in the 13th seed when we were starting at the season i'm like yep here we go i had the raptors really falling last year bubble not no fans couldn't play couldn't play home games at all you know they got back home this year now they still got no fans they're winning games and the celtics who I have down somewhere. They were like 11th in the East. Uh, going back a month or so ago. 11 and 21. Something ridiculous. I'm like, damn, bro. This is this is bad. Everyone's talking about breaking up Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. What the fuck? All these moves. Brad Stevenson. All these things I kind of talked about. Now, all of a sudden, they won about 10 straight games, it seems like. 13 out of their last 15 or something ridiculous. And they're now up there uh, above the playing spot. And Jason Tatum's looking like the Jason Tatum of old. And guy you've talked about here on this podcast, Jalen, and these kind of wing-type players that have been playing obviously much better. And it has the Celtics winning more games. So I'm looking at those teams because I've seen all four of those teams winning more games. And I'm looking to see what these teams are going to do come this end of the season. Like teams that have seen to kind of get right here before the all-star break and what is going to be like for after the all-star break with a lot of question marks, obviously surrounding some other teams post all-star break. If you feel what I'm saying there. Yeah. I think the, I think a lot of the playing stuff's interesting. I think that's, a, this is exactly why it's cool that they did the play and make so many teams interesting, especially teams like you said, the Pelicans that would probably normally be out of it right now. Not totally out of it, but they're five games back at the eight seed, but they're only a game, a half game back at the 10 seed and making the play in. They just got CJ McCollum. You got to expect they're going to get in there right now. The trailblazers are in the 10 spot. It's surprisingly won three in a row since trading CJ, but I don't think that's going to stand. Like, they got to fall out of there. They just don't have a very talented team at all. So, one of the Pelicans, Spurs, or Kings are going for that. It sucks for the Kings, and this is part of the – like, look, this is part of the reason why I didn't like that trade so much. We just talked all about that, and, like, the Kings, who got a better player and an all-star in Sabonis, didn't even come out of your mouth as a team coming up there because it's like the Pelicans and the Spurs are ahead of them. And it's like, look, I like, like you, like, think the – Kings got better right now from that trade, but it's my whole take was like, for what? Like your best case scenario is making the play in. Like, yeah, the 
like just going through who's in the play-in right now, the Timberwolves, if anything, are moving up out of the play-in to me. They're not falling like into like a sixth seed. They're not falling out of it. So we'll say the Timberwolves have their spot locked up. As bad as the Lakers have been, I don't see a scenario where LeBron allows the Lakers to miss the play-in tournament. So I'm calling the Lakers a lock for the play-in tournament. That leaves two more spots. The Clippers have a pretty healthy lead. Like the Clippers are five games up on the Pelicans and seven games up on the Kings. I don't think those teams are catching the Clippers. They're, they don't have a very talented team right now, but like they have a good enough team. They put up a fight each night, like we saw last night against the Warriors. So if we assume the Clippers bang in there, that literally just leaves that last spot that I think the Blazers are going to fall out of for the Pelicans, Spurs, or the Kings. Yeah. And they're in that order, yeah. order Pelicans, Spurs, Kings. Yeah. I got to imagine that goes to the Pelicans. They've yeah. been playing so well with Valanciunas and – uh, Brandon Ingram. Yeah, if Zion can get on the court, there. it would not be crazy to me to see the Kings get hot. I know they're kind of all over the place and they're trying to play it for a play-in spot, but it's it better than not playing for anything, in my opinion, which is what the Thunder are doing, and they're still beating the Knicks last night. Just I saying. I hear you. I'm just, just saying. saying you traded – my only thing with that is you traded your youngest player for – we just went through that. Their best-case scenario this year is getting that 10 seed from the Blazers. They're only two and a half games out of the 10 seed. They're five and a half games back of the Lakers or the nine seed. So their best case scenario is getting a 10 seed where they have to beat the Lakers or the Clippers and then have to beat like the Timberwolves or the Lakers or the Clippers and then have to face like the Suns in the first round. And it's like, okay, you gave up your best young player to get best case scenario getting 4 would by the Suns in the first round. All right. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they uh... – don't do what the Bengals like did and just get on a hot run and then lose in the uh, Super Bowl. Swept by the Suns um, in the first round. Worst case is missing the play-in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, did you obviously watch the Super Bowl or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Any takeaways? His, uh, lady over at Friends with Lisa. It was a good time. wasn't good for betting. My only bet that hit was... Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP, but it just put a dent in my losses from my other bets. So I mean, it was whatever. But I had that, I had that right. I just figured that the Rams were going to win, and for some reason, I bet the Rams on a bunch of stuff, but parlayed it with other stuff that didn't hit. So I didn't get that. Yeah, you know um, the funniest thing but, about that, my brother was saying, and I'll let you finish up what you're saying, but like the the spread was minus four, minus four and a half, and then you you it seems like a lot of people were either taking that. Or taking like Bengals money line, obviously plus or the the points. Mm-hmm. It's like realistically, a lot of the people like you just. It's just crazy how much money goes into that shit, bro. Like I saw somebody put uh, forty thousand on the coin toss. Like, like just the amount of money that was put in on the on the Super Bowl, the amount so of money that's... that's put in on the next lease, and just how much money they make, whether guys win these big hits or lose. Fucking mattress Mac putting in these million dollar bets. It's like what the fuck, dude? Like, to me, it's just crazy to me how much money is involved with this, dude. Like, absolutely asinine to me with with how things yeah. are. Like, even it's just nonstop too. Oh, you got a fucking gambling problem? Like, blah blah. blah. Like, bro, whatever. Like, I won like two hundred bucks this week. Like, yeah, I might throw a hundred on the Sixers tonight. Yeah, if I lose, I'll probably be coming in here and saying the same shit I was saying a couple pod rants before with you. But it's like, to me, I'm like, damn, bro, this dude's doing way worse shit than what I'm doing. This shit's wild, dude. It's funny because the companies are taking an enormous loss, too. DraftKings and FanDuel aren't making money. They're, like, way down in revenue. You think so? No, they are. Like, they released their quarterly or whatever it's called. Like, they're... Down because people are winning or because of advertising? 
But it's because they advertise so much. They're not making back in bets what they're paying in advertising. They probably expect that. Yeah. Um couple key takeaways for me from the Super Bowl though, really. Uh yeah, I think Cooper Cup uh you know, good for him. He got Super Bowl MVP, obviously triple crown, all these playoff records out here breaking Jerry Rice. I mean, dude's incredible. Um but what do you got in that if OBJ stayed in the game? I don't know. He started off hot. I'm not saying OBJ was going to be the MVP, but I'm just saying I, I know Cooper Cup really became the hero down the end, but Matthew Stafford made some plays. I was honestly surprised they didn't give it to the quarterback. That was good to see. I think it was the first wide receiver Super Bowl MVP since Randy Moss. Um, and obviously we've seen a couple defensive guys sprinkled in between, but mainly it goes to the quarterback. And Matt Stafford did not have an MVP type of game. And Matt Stafford is not a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, because he won a Super Bowl. We'll have to see what he does with the rest of his career with the Rams. Do I see the Rams may, maybe getting back to a Super Bowl? Even if he gets back to a Super Bowl and loses, yes, maybe Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer. But let's wait and let this play out a little bit. It is incredible to see first-year new team after everything that happened with Detroit. This man wins the Super Bowl. And obviously for OBJ, Aaron Donald getting his first ring, Von Miller another ring, pretty incredible. But my biggest takeaway is... All these things we kind of led up into on the Bengals side. Bro, I do not see the Bengals making it back to a Super Bowl anytime soon. Like, Joe Burrow, and pretty incredible. I've been wrong about Joe Burrow a little bit, and I think Joe Burrow is pretty elite when it comes to quarterbacking in this league. But I do not see the scenario that happened for the Cincinnati Bengals, this play playoff run, New York giants S that I've talked about, where they went on droughts of missing the playoffs in 10-plus in years where they were in between Super Bowls. That, to me, is the Cincinnati Bengals. That, to me, is what we're looking at with the Cincinnati Bengals, as much as their run was impressive and as cool as Joe Burrow is. That's all I'm trying to say here. I don't know if the Cincinnati Bengals are the best team in their division, even, if Lamar Jackson's healthy and whatever goes on with the rest of these teams in their division, which I think is competitive. And then they have to have all these things happen again. Chiefs break down in the second half. Ryan Tannehill, three picks. Winning, uh, I think it was five out of six games uh, on, on a last-second go-ahead gun field goal out of their last uh, with eight losses on the year, all decided by one possession. Like, yeah, pretty impressive. Good for them. It would have been incredible if they won their first Super Bowl ever, but they didn't. The better team won. Defense won championship. Everyone's bitching about the calls. They happened on both sides. You had a 75-yard fluke touchdown with a no... Uh, face mask call for Jalen Ramsey, so it worked both ways for me. You lost the game. You didn't win the game. It'll be interesting to see if you ever get back there. And that'll be an interesting conversation for Joe Burrow, I saw too, uh, just a uh, day after the game or maybe day of the game, up dancing on the stage with Kid Cudi, acting all cool and fine, like everything's all good for him. It's like, bro, you lost the fucking game. You'll be lucky if you get back there. And that's the way I feel about it with Joe Burrows. All right, so real quick on didn't get it because he had two picks and cup got it because the rams won and every single big play down the stretch went to cooper cup because cam Akers was running for like one oh you there yep uh, we lost for a second but yeah every big play was going to cooper cup down the stretch because odell's hurt cam Akers couldn't run Scarborough or whatever couldn't catch anything. Blanton wasn't even out there. Like you had no one else. Yeah, Van Jefferson was at the up. hospital delivering a baby. Yeah. <laughs> so it set up perfectly for Cooper Cup. Um, so I think Odell getting hurt did. Def not that Odell for sure would have gotten it, but it definitely did help Cooper Cup get it. 
as for the Bengals making it back, like, look, I agree with you. It's it's hard to see them, like, the next two years, if someone's like, next three years, would you bet the Bengals make it back to the Super Bowl? The safe bet's obviously no when you have the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, all these other teams in the division or uh, in their conference. But I will say, like, you can do the same thing for a lot of teams. Like, I agree with you. Like, the Bengals almost didn't get out of the first round. There are plenty of things that could have happened for them to lose to the Raiders. But that being said, we could go back and look at, like, okay, Rams versus Bucks, Like, we all kind of thought Tom Brady was about to win that game. If A.B. or Chris Godwin's there, the Rams won by three points. I think it's pretty easy to say the Bucks could have won that game. Then we go to the next round. Again, Rams win by three yeah. points against the 49ers. Not incredible to imagine the 49ers. So, like, I think it's easy to go back for every single team. Like, could have lost there, could have lost there, mm. could have lost there. So, like, I will at least just give the Bengals the benefit of the doubt of, like, look, I don't think they're going to be in the Super Bowl the next two years or three years if I had to bet on it. But, like, I'd say they have an equal chance to these other teams almost, like maybe slightly less than equal. Like I give the Bengals, I'll say this, I give the Bengals a better shot of making the Super Bowl, or excuse me, making the Super Bowl in the next three years than the Ravens. Like I think I think I like what I've seen more from the Bengals and Joe Burrow going forward than Lamar Jackson for me, honestly. Sorry, but like the Chiefs and Bills is where it gets really tough because the Chiefs and Bills, you could argue, was the best game we saw in the playoffs. They were maybe the best two teams and they ended up bounce, you know, the Chiefs bounced the Bills out of there. So I don't think it's crazy to say the Bengals could get back, though. Here's the thing, Rich. Uh, you bring up some good points. I like how you bring some of that energy you brought when Tom Brady loses and doesn't win, but I'll leave that to the side for right now. Um, Wait, what do you mean? That you things could have gone another way very easily for the other team I if a few different things happens. Yeah, no shit. That's every game that Tom Brady's ever played in. Just saying. That's the point I was making. That's every game. It could eat, One thing changes everything. Let me get back to my. Let me get back to uh, your Lamar Jackson uh, back here. I saw a bunch of dudes, NFL players, coming in, including Lamar Jackson. I think on Eli Apple. I'm like, damn, that's tough. What the fuck did Eli Apple do, like, to deserve that? Like, all right, yeah, he made a couple, got burned a couple times. Like Jalen Ramsey been burnt too. I don't see people doing that to him <laughs> no, on Instagram. No, no, no. It's more than He's that. just sliding it's into his DMs. What the hell happened with that? What the hell happened with that? Because I do. I but he but, basically got on Twitter and said that. Cincinnati is the only good city he's ever played for. He said, New Orleans is the smelliest city in the world, and the people there are trash. He said, same for the Giants and New York. And he said, he basically just shit on every franchise he played for and said, all the people there are garbage and the city sucks. <laughs> so he made like five different cities hate him, and now everyone's rooting against him. Oh, okay. And he also talked shit to... Context definitely <laughs> matters. Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs after he beat them, saying like, ah, oh, sorry, maybe next year. So then the Chiefs were shitting on him. Now here's the so funny thing. Here's it. the funny thing about what I'm about to say about this take is <laughs> I had the Bengals uh, at one point winning the division uh, and then cash it out, but I had the Bengals winning some of these playoff games. And I was, I was high on what the Bengals were doing. It was impressive. I mentioned it being like the Giants run. Um... But a lot of times for those Giants run, like you mentioned, things had to happen. Bro, you go look at the rest of the division, all three quarterbacks had to get hurt or be inept for them to win the division and have a chance yeah, to right. even make the playoffs. Lamar Jackson been out for the last half of the season. Baker Mayfield fucking shell of himself. And Big Ben should have retired three years ago. Now all those things are okay. changing. Hold Who on, knows what's right. going on? I'm not saying Joe Burrow still ain't top tier in that in that quarterback uh, division room. But what I am saying is, yo, those teams are going to reload too. There's a lot of teams that are going to reload, including the Denver Broncos that are trying to maybe follow a LA Rams, bringing a QB away, get to a Super Bowl. Like, yeah, dude, all things considered, all teams so, are trying to on, do this, on. including my New York Giants who are inept right now. And yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll turn it around. 
But yeah, these are all teams right now. NFL offseason, draft, all these things. Yeah, bro, I think the Bengals literally just missed out on their opportunity, their window to win a championship that might never open again. Uh, you got Joe Burrow. That's impressive. I don't know if Joe Burrow is going to be Tom Brady that everyone's saying, oh, Joe Burrow's Tom Brady. Like, all right, I like Joe Burrow. He's cool. He's swaggy. I don't know if he's Tom Brady, bro. The count, I hear you, and that's a fair point. Their quarter, all division, all quarterbacks in the division were beat up. But fine, let's look at it. Baker might be back next year. Who's the replacement they're getting for Big Ben? And I just think Joe Burrow might be a better long-term quarterback than Lamar, even though Lamar is great. But, like, honestly, even ignoring all of that, we all said after the after the Bengals won, not not me personally, but I guess I probably agreed with it. Like everyone, analysts all said after they beat the Raiders, after they beat the Titans, like this is incredible. But like they're still a few a year or two away. Like okay, fine, we we're saying they're a year or two away, meaning like they outperformed expectations this year. They didn't have a good O line. What if they go and retool their offensive line? Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's only in his second year, coming off of a major injury. What if Joe Burrow gets even better? So like I just I hear you. Yeah. I think they outperformed what their expectations were this year. I just think people are assuming like this is what they are, and it's like I don't see why they can't get better. Their best receiver was a rookie. Their quarterback's a second-year quarterback coming off injury. They had a bad O-line. They could get so much better. Fair. No, you bring up some good points. Tom Brady was sacked 22 times in 17 regular se- season games this year. Joe Burrow was sacked 19 times in four playoff games. He was also sacked 51 <laughs> times on the year. It's the first time a quarterback ever has led the league in sacks and made it to a Super Bowl. A lot of credit for Joe Burrow, who also got banged up in that game, getting hit all over the place. Aaron Donald out here looking like a monster. Uh, yeah, defense wins championships. And the Bengals' defense played pretty well. Picked off Matt Stafford twice. Two turnovers to none. Still couldn't win the game. Offense was lacking. It was the last seven possessions. I think they had 50 yards. Joe Burrow coming up a little cold there. And, I yeah, I like Joe Burrow. I wanted to see him win. Jamar Chase, he's incredible. I think he's fantastic. I like Joe Mixon. I've talked about him. Like, yeah, it would have been nice to see the Bengals win. Like I was saying, both sides wouldn't really matter. But, like, to me, the best team won. To me, the best team has a chance to win going forward. And when I look at the best teams around the league, I'm not bringing up the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not. Not in the AFC, not in the NFC. And, yeah, they can get hot maybe. I don't even see them making the playoffs next year. Uh, I, think I think the Bengals can miss the playoffs next year. Lamar Jackson's coming back. Who knows what goes on with the Pittsburgh quarterback. And I think Baker's got something to prove regardless if he's uh, healthy or not. I'll, I'll give my early challenge and say that the Bengals win the division next year on that one. There's a lot to be figured out still, but, like, I don't think it's a crazy take to say they don't make the playoffs. But, like, again, they outperformed expectations this year. I still think they're getting better going forward. They obviously just missed what's been their best shot of the Super Bowl in forever. They were right there. They easily could have won it, especially before Joe Burrow getting banged up. They really had the Rams having a hard time, but I think we all knew the Rams were getting – touchdown to Cooper Cup there like you just kind of felt that coming like at least I did but I don't know it it's tough it sucks for them but I do think that they have a pretty high ceiling going forward and I'd feel better about the Bengals going forward than any other team in that division even though that maybe that's a hot take with the Ravens there since they have better defense and also have a previous MVP quarterback but I, I just like Joe Burrow going forward yeah Bengals have a talented offense if they could retool their Defense played well in the playoffs. If they get their defense a little better, get a little bit of a better offensive line. I'm saying that like it's two easy things to do. That takes yeah. time. But like we could be looking, we could be looking at this team in two years as like a serious, serious like powerhouse team if they can retool those two. Things. It is wild to me. I don't like bringing in the hate like that, but uh, 
the whole Matthew Stafford has the same number of rings as Aaron Rodgers now. I know it's the same number of rings as guys like Drew Brees, Dan Marino, Eli's got more. Love to hear that. But um yeah, just very tough for Aaron Rodgers. Like Sample. when I go when a Super Bowl finishes up, it's like, damn, the season's over. We don't have we have all these things to look forward in the offseason and yeah, two hundred and four days till the next season. But what I really do is I just I go back and look at the whole playoff structure and I'm like, damn, what are the what happened like throughout these playoffs, like going for Tom Brady retired apparently. Like Matt Saver won a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow got to a Super Bowl. Uh Jimmy G like, you fell up short. Kyler Murray uh can't do shit in the playoffs. Like some of the storylines that come out. Ryan Tannehill, three picks in a big game. Like going forward, what I saw from the playoffs, how can that affect obviously a long season again next year to obviously get to eventual champion? It's interesting to me. Yeah, the offseason yeah. stuff is, but like to me, the Bengals, like, damn, that's gonna be a tough one to to come back from. Like we've seen it even with the Chiefs losing a Super Bowl and trying to come back, even though they make four straight AFC championship games. It's tough to lose Ooh, what you thought was gonna be, Summers. watch the other team celebrate, regardless if it's a Super Bowl or not. I think that's gonna hurt teams like the Bengals, like the Tennessee Titans, like uh even the Cardinals and, and some of these other teams that like are trying to prove themselves and really haven't proved themselves at all. At least the Bengals have, but they fell short and it'll be interesting to see where they're where they're at from here going on forward. Like Joe B, like I don't know, I just, like I get oh work in silence. He's got all these great quotes, but like to me, working in silence is not being out like the fucking day after you lost the Super Bowl, like dancing on a stage. Like I don't know, like I like Joe Burrow. I'm not trying to give him hate, but it is kind of like all right. No, dude, I know. Like, I just I just pulled up the whole like AFC standings from last year. I'm just looking through it. My only like rebuttal to that is, yeah, things could change if Aaron Rodgers ends up on the Broncos or something like that. That would definitely change things if another uh, good quarterback ends up in the AFC. But assuming things stand pat, no like Rodgers or Wilson comes to the AFC. Really, the Bills and the Chiefs are the only team that I can say for sure that I think are going to be better than the Bengals. I, and by no means, like, look, yes, the Chargers could be better than the Bengals. The Titans could be. The Colts could be. Like, a lot of teams could be. But at the end of the day, like, we've seen over time, like, give me the good quarterback. And especially if there's talented pieces on offense, like, the defense and O-line can kind of figure it out sometimes. O-line's extremely important, probably one of the most important things if you're trying to win a Super Bowl. But in terms of, like, getting through the regular season, an elite quarterback can get you there. And, like, I don't think anyone's better than Joe Burrow. Like, I think you, Herbert versus Burrow is a fair argument. But after Mahomes and Josh Allen, I don't think there's another quarterback that quite can do everything Joe Burrow can. I know people would argue Lamar Jackson. I just think Joe Burrow's – little bit better honestly yeah i don't think that's a crazy take but i think the ravens are a better team and a better coach team and a better organized team and if lamar jackson is 75 percent of himself that we saw from the mvp season i'll take that with all that considered over the Bengals and joe burrow and all that and i think you're sleeping on the steelers who had an inept fucking quarterback for three years and yeah they might have a rookie but we got some we got some quarterback movement that may take place. I'm not saying Rodgers goes to there, but Rodgers may go somewhere or he may stay in Green Bay. You got Jimmy G, you got Russell Wilson griping. You got some of these free agents that we don't know too much about Jameis when he makes it. I don't know. Yeah, there's some there's a lot of moves that'll take place that I'm sure we'll come in and talk about and be like, "Oh, all right, like who knows? Maybe the Browns make a move for Russell. Who knows? You have no idea. You have no idea." So, I think uh, three days after the Super Bowl, two days after the Super Bowl, like, 
yeah, it's easy to react uh, pretty wild. But, yeah, you got to wait and see how some of it plays out for sure. All right, I know you got to go, so uh, I'll say yeah, gotta hop on out of here. my condolences. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Thanks for stopping by. Got, glad we got to link up today. Um, hopefully, I'll get you. I'll have a better schedule next week. Pretty beat the rest of the week, but I'll try and get some of the boys to come around, maybe. Um, but yeah, have a good week, dude. I'll try to turn on the games last night, but you guys weren't on. But I'll try and actually, I won't be playing games at all this week because I work nights. Yeah, I work nights now, dude. So wow. it's just a little different. Wow. All right. All right. Like three to eleven, good. yeah, it's a lot different. I just watch all the games at work. It's pretty straight, and then I get home, and the ten thirty or eleven game starts, and I'm just chilling at home watching it. And then I wake up, fucking, <laughs> it's great. I don't know. I kind of like it to be honest. Been teaching more golf. It's been straight. You got to come. I know it's so far away, but you should come check out the spot. Well, it's pretty dope. I, I, I really do. I do want to come through for one for sure. Yeah, that'd be dope. All right, we'll link up soon. All right, brother. I'll Peace. Talk to you later. All right, see ya. Peace. My guy, Rich. My stream has been a little weird. All right, I'm out of here for the day. See you all next time on the Seggy Station. Enjoy them sports. Try and get uh, things lined up to do, I don't know, maybe a solo this week. Or see you all next week. Stay safe. Peace and love. Seggy Station.